Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. When he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, that there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she lost one of them, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. May God add a blessing to this reading of the text today and cause it to be the word for us. In the name of Jesus. We have this story today of Jesus once again is... Uh, around the Pharisees and looking for ways to chat them off. And uh, one of the ways he does that is by hanging out with uh, tax collectors and prostitutes and lepers and people that uh, are all bunched into this group the Pharisees call sinners. And if Jesus knew that he was hanging out with sinners, he would stop. And Jesus shouldn't be hanging around with sinners, let alone having dinner with them and uh, enjoying... Uh, having a good time with him. One might wonder what the Pharisees were doing there, uh, <laughs> in the middle of all of that, in the same thing, but uh, Jesus catches them grumbling about this and decides to tell them a parable. What Parables are interesting things because they, they give us insight into uh, Jesus' version of the kingdom of God, what Jesus has to say. All of Jesus' parables are about the kingdom of God and are about describing what the kingdom of God is like. And there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of scholarship around parables, as you can imagine, over the last 2,000 years. Hey, buddy. And um, so uh, Jesus is, uh, go ahead, Samuel. <laughs> um, Jesus is confronted with this, these Pharisees and he starts to tell these parables and the funny thing about parables is that uh, they also sometimes, uh, they're left open-ended. And they're really meant, this is a theory of C.H. Dodd. C.H. Dodd says that um, those parables were not meant to have any one kind of meaning to them. There's not a moral that we're supposed to tease out of the, of the parables in, in and of themselves. But really what they're meant to do is get the conversation going. And the parables are meant to spark conversation. And because of that, there's always, there's always something in the parables that seems a little, a little bit ridiculous. For example, if I'm a shepherd and I have 99 sheep out in the field and one goes missing, uh, a good union shepherd would never leave those 99 sheep to go get one little lamb. 
right? You get someone else to go look for them. But to, to leave the 99 sheep means that they're unprotected, that they're not, you know, they're not being watched over. They're left to their own devices. And quite frankly, knowing sheep, you go off to get one and you come back and like 30 of them are all over the place and you don't, you have to go round all them up. So according to Dodd, people would go, wait a minute, 90, you wouldn't leave your 99, all the shepherds in the room would be going, that's terrible. You wouldn't do that. <laughs> that seems ridiculous. But that's what Jesus tells the story. And then another one, a woman has 10 coins, loses one coin, tears her whole house apart looking for it, finds it, and then spends eight coins throwing a big party <laughs> because she found one coin. <laughs> How ridiculous is that? You don't, you don't throw a big party just because you found one coin. That's my every day. If I, if I had a party every time I lost my keys and then found them, it would be a constant, you know, rotation of people coming <laughs> to, to celebrate because I'm constantly losing my keys. So this is, this is one of the elements of parables that point out to, you know, that have this kind of ridiculous component to them. And in this parable, Jesus is trying to make a point about uh, about the kingdom of God. And one of the other things that you can ask yourself whenever you're talking about a parable is who is the audience of this parable? Is it the, the tax collectors and the sinners who are, who are sitting there, uh, you know, having a good time with Jesus? I don't think so. I don't think that's who this parable is directed to. Jesus tells us that it's the Pharisees who are the ones grumbling that prompt this parable. And so this parable is really for those who look down their noses at everyone else and uh, wants to, wants to uh, do some name-calling and tells Jesus he's unrighteous for hanging out with all these people. Excuse me, my, the medication I'm on is making my throat dry. Jesus wants us to get out of this parable also, kind of finding ourselves in the parable. It's another thing that when you come to parables, you're always one of the characters. God is always one of the characters, and you are always one of the characters. But what I really hear in this parable today, what stri strikes me in a way that perhaps I hadn't before, is that this is really about... Uh, one of the characters, which is God. It's really about the shepherd. And it's really about the woman who goes seeking after something and finds it and rejoices. And if I were to locate myself in this story, I think sometimes I'm the Pharisee grumbling about what God is doing with other people. And sometimes I'm the sinner who needs to be found. But at the heart of this story, what it's telling me today, what I think I am I'm getting out of it today, is how incredibly lavish God's love for us is. How incredibly over the top and ridiculous God's love is. It's like a shepherd who leaves 99 sheep he has 
and goes and finds the one that's lost because we are not whole unless we're all in the corral together. I am missing one sheep and it's like a part of me is dead, God says. I am missing one of my own who has forsaken me or has who feels lost, who feels confused, who is wounded and hurt. And God is saying, I, my world is diminished because that person is not a part of my family. And I'm going to go get him. going to go get him. And I can tell you, as a person who came to Jesus through this way, as a person who felt lost, and maybe, maybe this is your story too. As a person who felt lost and confused, didn't know who I was or what I was about, and felt as if God pursued me relentlessly and pursued me beyond, you know, in spite of my own resistance and pursued me even when I said, I'm not interested. When I was found, there was great rejoicing all around me. And I think this is the, this is the nature of God's love. The nature of God's love is that it is so ridiculous. There is nowhere you can hide from God's love. That God is relentlessly pursuing you and me Especially when we're lost. Especially when we're, when we're downtrodden. Especially when we're not feeling it. Especially when we have done everything to screw things up. Especially when we feel utterly alone. My faith tells me that God is in pursuit of each and every one of us. That God is looking for a way to bring us back to the fold and to love us into the kingdom, love us into community, love us into a sense of fullness, love us into our whole selves. As we go through our lives, as we go through our week, as we go through the next uh, phase, and we find ourselves feeling abstracted or pulled away or all alone or without it is a time when we can go to God say God I'm a lost sheep and I need my shepherd to come find me and bring me home that kind of prayer opens us up seeing God's work in our lives and to feeling God's love overflow to experience the blessing and to come home. I'm going to leave it at that and pray. Loving and gracious God, we thank you that you are not a shepherd who just abandons us even when we've run away on our own, but that you are a God who relentlessly pursues us in the hope of the kingdom of God being made whole with all of us. Help us, God, in our own faith walk, in our own journey, to have the will and the courage to reach out to you 
and, in, and, long, and invite you to come find us. We ask this in the precious and powerful name of Jesus Christ.